0: Welcome to – we are almost done. We are doing a special The Pale Blue Eye, which we're going to release on a special date. We're going to release on um, – we're going to do the live stream on the 25th, but we're going to release the podcast episode for that on Monday, January 30th, which is, if you don't know, Christian Bale's birthday. So that's our birthday present to Christian Bale. Is <laughs> our thoughts on The Pale Blue Eye, which I finally watched today. So, But we are, like, almost done, and <laughs> – It makes me so sad when we're done with this month because it's, I just, I love this man so damn much and I just grow to love him more and more and more. But this will be an interesting conversation talking about Vice. So hold on to your hats, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to your hats for the rage. I don't know. I was trying to think of something clever. But to save me from myself, I'm going to bring on my co-host, the lovely, amazing, Carla! Oh, Christian! Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Hello there, Evan. Hey, Christian!
1: Um, unfortunately for you, I don't know that Carla is coming today. Are you serious? Uh, yes. Something, something boycott. Something, something awful, man. (laughs) Something, something, uh... Scourge of the Earth. (laughs) Absolute evil... How dare Erin make her watch this, Drek? I don't know.
0: She seemed mighty upset. So she's upset with me for making her watch this? I mean,
1: just a little. Just a little? Just a bit. Just a bit. So she had me come on and say to you, um, yeah, um, lose her number. And, um, I don't know. She said that even though she did not pay for the movie that she watched, that she still demands a refund. Okay. (laughs) I don't know how that works. Perhaps it's a American thing. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Okay. Well, I am terribly sorry, Carla. I am terribly sorry that I put you through this. So please, please
1: don't go away. Please. Well, let, let me have a confidence with her. I will be right back, or she will. We don't know. We shall find out shortly. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Christian. Don't you just be- love a mystery? Oh,
0: yes, Christian. I do. I love a mystery.
1: <laughs> okay. So she apologized. So perhaps you can- Christian, I told you. I told you very clearly. I am done. I am done. This is over. No, but she said she's sorry, and I believed her. So perhaps we should believe. You know, this is you again, just getting in the way of the personal interactions with people. Oh, but she's lovely. Why don't you just, uh, you know, fine, fine, fine. Oh, Carla, you're so sensible. Yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Christian. Go have some marshmallows or something. Oh, I shall. Hi, Erin. Hi,
0: Carla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is Carla really going to leave and not be coming
1: back? <laughs> it's like, it's so I was, I was very tempted. But Christian made some good points. I accept your apology. And that's about it. I mean, like, I'm not that difficult, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for putting yourself through watching this, I guess. And thank you for being on and staying on. and, And I do think we can have a good conversation about this.
1: Yes. Now, I will just say that the movie was long to begin with, but it felt interminable. But that's because I kept pausing it and walking away. Turns out that there's only so much evil I can take in an hour, so I had to space it out throughout a day well i um this will be interesting. I hope
0: Carla forgives me she's been talking to me all week, so hopefully she she's- I was just waiting
1: to spring this rage on you. <laughs>
0: So, well, I'm gonna just quickly just go over a little bit of what Vice is. <laughs> vice is the movie that will make if you must. You, vice is the movie that'll make you hate me. Apparently, make um, <laughs> you watch it. But Vice is the story of Dick Cheney, who, if you don't know, I mean, Dick Cheney was our vice was the vice president, not ours, because I'm sorry, I know people in other countries listen to us, but was the vice president of the United States uh, for the two terms with George W. Bush. He actually had a lot more say in things that were going on than any vice president before him, and probably since I don't know, but but yeah, he was an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who you know he wasn't good at public speaking, whatever. Um, who quietly wielded immense wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in wa- ways that are still felt today. He, of course, is played by Christian Bale. Uh, Amy Adams plays his awful wife, Lynn Cheney. Uh, Steve Carell plays the equally awful Donald Rumsfeld. Sam Rockwell plays George W. Bush, who is still an awful human being. I want to say, I uh, we will get into how they portray George Bush in this movie, but I do think George Bush is awful. And Allison Pill, who plays one of Dick Cheney's daughters, Mary Cheney, and then um, I also wanted to point out lily rabe because we love lily rabe um who plays liz cheney or at least i love lily rabe uh, as well oh and also i guess i should point out the narrator uh played by jesse Plemons, who turns out the name is kurt so i wanted to share a couple of quick little trivia things here that i just think are kind of interesting uh one of them especially but christian bale gained 45 pounds shaved his head bleached his eyebrows and exercise to thicken his neck for his role as Cheney. Bale said he achieved his hefty phys- physique for the film by eating a lot of pies. So it's good to know that when we had Christian on last year during The Machinist, and I asked him if he liked pies, and he said he did, that that wasn't a lie. Pies lie. See, he does love pies.
1: <laughs> I think maybe like at that point he was a little bit off of pie because his response was like, Well, I used to. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I remember (laughs) that. It was the voice of somebody who who is a little bit off by now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Christian Bale said that due to the improvisational directing style of Adam McKay, he had to do more research for this film than any other film he's done. In order to ad lib in character, Bale not only needed to have Dick Cheney's mannerisms and vernacular down, but he also had to know which policies, their instances, and abbreviations the vice president would be aware of at any given moment in his life. Which is probably why this movie is very infuriating to watch, because he's so completely Dick Cheney. So. And then this I thought was really interesting. As Cheney had, had well-documented heart problems for most of his adult life, Christian Bale had to study heart attack prevention as part of his method. His tips ended up saving Adam McKay's life as he suffered a heart attack during post-production. I thought that was really interesting wow yeah so and uh, christian bale was adam mckay's only choice to play this character i know christian bale when adam mckay told him this was like dick cheney you want me to play dick cheney um and christian bale famously thanked satan in his acceptance speech at the golden globes for the inspiration for playing dick cheney which any normal (laughs) person Most people would be able to grasp what he means by that. If you go to certain TikTok things, they think it means he is admitting that Hollywood is satanic or whatever. But what he's saying is this character that he is, this character, this human being, excuse me, that he is portraying, this real life human being, is just vile and disgusting and despicable and just the epitome of everything that Satan in the Bible and in literature represents. So that's what he means when he's saying that. And he's accurate in that description, and so, yes. So, they also say in here um, that Cheney is a very, very, very one of the most private uh, political figures. So, it's hard to know everything from his life, because he is so private. But they did their fucking best, as it said in the beginning. So... Uh, this will be an inf- <laughs> this will be a rage inducing, and I hope Carla forgives me, but I did think it was important to talk about this movie anyway, because I think it's an important examination of how to talk about these people and how to do it right or how to do it wrong. And we will decide how Adam McKay did that. So <laughs> if Adam McKay was successful or if we are pissed at the way Adam McKay presented this. I want to know, though. So, once again, we said that he—that Christian Bale gained like forty-five pounds, bleached his eyebrows. It all, you know, he's Christian Bale. He Christian bailed <laughs> he it. He Christian course. bailed it. So, what are your thoughts on his performance, his body transformation, and then, of
1: course, Dick Cheney? Okay. Well, for one thing, you know, when this episode drops. It'll be a Friday. You can go back to the Wednesday episode and you can hear my expanded thoughts on actors having to change their body in significant ways for a role. I, again, you know, this is the kind of thing where it's like, I get why Adam McKay would envision Christian Bale as the person he wanted for this role and why he would stick to it. But there are plenty of actors out there who are already fat and who don't need to put their bodies through unnecessary um, strain to become, um, to become heavy. There's also really not a lot of need for prosthetics because again, fat actors exist. There are plenty of them that you're just ignoring by continually casting actors who aren't. Mm -hmm. And so you're depriving not only them of jobs, but you're also depriving the world of their talents. That said, Of course, Christian nail Christian nailed the part. He was amazing. He was spectacular. He deserved every bit of every award that he got for it, and it makes me actually really angry because it's not his fault that Dick Cheney is absolute evil, but it also, you know, the, the movie has a very clear vision and a very clear bent. You know, a very clear bias to it, if you will. And the problem with having a movie about Dick Cheney is that whether you want to or not, you are in a way promoting the immortalization of this horrible person. He doesn't really need the help. You know, he's already going to go down in history for all of the things that he did and said. So it it angers me that he would participate in this project in the first place. Um, yeah, yeah, it's important to you know to highlight what he did and to to kind of spell it out for the world. But at the same time, it just it really bothers me to whether you're to or not. There are people who who will walk away glorifying this man. So it, it, just a lot of questionable things in there for me. But his performance was perfect. He was. There was not a moment in this movie where you felt sympathy for this man. And I think that that was part of the point. You're not supposed to feel sympathy for him. He's a horrible person doing horrible things that affected and continue to affect the world. And at every turn, he, the, the, the whole, you know, thank you, Satan, for the inspiration absolutely comes through because he is a malevolent force. He's a villain. He's a bad guy. But because he's Christian Bale and he is a brilliant performer, he's smart enough to play him as somebody who truly believes that he's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's part of why Adam McKay chose him, you know, um, having worked together on the big short. That's exactly the same thing. Like all of the actors on the big short played people who believed that they were. Not doing something horrible, even though they were same thing here. Dick Cheney doesn't think that, and you know at the end of the movie, that little monologue that that he gives where he's like, "You know, uh, say whatever you want, but you're safer because of me because of the actions that I took, you can sleep safe in your house at night because I took care of that awful thing for you, and he truly believes that, but no, no, he's just an awful person. but again, Christian Bale plays him as someone who is absolutely rancid from the heart out while believing himself to be the saint.
0: Yeah, and that's that's very I mean and we'll get to other people because I actually think his wife is just as horrible. So we'll get to those those other people as well. Um yeah, like Meg says drastic body changes are fucked up in both ways, both gaining or losing weight. Dehydration, etc. Yeah, and in our uh, podcast episode that will drop on Wednesday, if you're watching this live, um, and if you if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast episode, go back and listen to our pop culture and fandom news episode from this past Wednesday, and we do. That's one of the subjects we are ta- we talk about on there is men and their drastic body changes because of an article that uh, came out about Robert Pattinson and in, in Vanity Fair and Robert Pattinson talking about that. Yes, so. Uh, Uh, When this movie first was announced and came out and I saw the trailer, it was one of those first of, like, whoa, that's Christian Bale and that body transformation is the first thing you notice. And, yes, they could have – they definitely could have hired a different actor who – you know, we've talked about this before. Like, when people put on fat suits or when people do stuff like that, like, you can actually hire actors – that are fat, and you don't have to do that. There are actors out there like that. There are tons of actors with tons of different body types everywhere. People just assume, I think, that most, that any actor with their salt is not like that, unfortunately. And so they do tend to go a different route. And because people already know Christian Bale will do all these body things, and he doesn't, they did do some prosthetic stuff on him for Dick Cheney's like look and stuff, but he did gain all that weight. And they know that Christian Bale will do that. So, you know, they, they, you know, they're like, okay, we'll go, we'll go with him and maybe it won't be as bad because he's actually going to be gaining the weight. So we won't get criticized for doing a fat suit or anything like that. But that aside, of course, I, I do think he is really, really, really fantastic in this role. Uh, because it's very hard to watch him in this role. It's very hard to watch this movie, period. But it's very hard to watch him in this world because you despise every single second he is on the screen. This is a real life villain. You see villains in like comic book movies, stuff like that, the ones that are going to destroy the city, or, you know, comic book style politicians that are villains. That's what Dick Cheney is. Dick Cheney is this human being that just craves power control at any cost he doesn't care at all he's not trying to save the world he's not trying to save the country he's not trying to save human beings he does not care about anybody except for his wife and to a degree his kids but he doesn't care enough about his kids to not you know stop throwing one of them under the bus so it's not like so even though in the film you'll see moments where he's like a great father quote unquote or like his daughters love him and dote on him and he loves his daughters but he still throws one of his daughters under the bus when it will help his other daughter gain control and power so he is all about that he's all he's a narcissist and he yes he's not very good his da- his downfall but the thing i think that led to him being more in the vice presidency because was because he tried to run for certain offices and he would hold offices but he was really bad at the campaign trail he doesn't play the whole like kissing babies thing because he doesn't give he doesn't give a fuck about that. He doesn't want to do that. You know, so he's not going to play that game. So because he doesn't play that part of it, he had to find another way to get power and control and he found that with George Bush because George Bush is not I and George Bush does not need any kind of excusing. George Bush is still a bad person. I I think We've romanticized George Bush since Trump so much that people think of him as some goofy old man, and he's not. And so even though he was easily taken advantage of by Dick Cheney, he still is not a good person. Okay, he's still not a good person. He still did horrible, awful things. He still stood by and let those things happen. He was the president, and he let Dick Cheney do stuff that Dick Cheney should not have been doing and that no one should be doing. But Dick Cheney saw this person who wanted to be liked so badly and wanted to impress his father. I think that was a lot of some of the psychology of George Bush. And he wasn't positive on how to do certain things. And he wanted someone that maybe um, might have been more knowledgeable in certain political arenas. And so Dick Cheney presented this thing in this very – he did it in this way that was like, uh, you know – maybe we could do it this way and very casual and not at all alluding to what he was really saying. Like saying, you know, and really making George Bush the smart person, that's what he was doing. He's like, you would be so smart to do this. And so he's putting him on this pedestal and boosting his ego so that he'll choose him because he feels he can and he could take advantage of George Bush in a way that he probably couldn't have done with some other presidents, say. And so he saw that in because as it's said in here, the vice presidency is kind of a nothing job in a lot of respects compared to other jobs you could have, but he turned it into something else. He would do stuff that, um, you know, basically he would do stuff in the name of the president and basically be like, I am in charge. He was serving as co-president, not vice president. He was co-president during that whole term. And You know, the interesting thing with like with his heart attacks and he has so many heart attacks throughout the film. And it's just like he's just like he'll just be standing there and he'll be like, oh, I think I need to go to the hospital again, having another heart attack. And it's very casual. And I don't have any idea if that is truly how it happened. But I think my guess on why Adam McKay decided to do that was to show (laughs) that this man is so – cold in a lot of ways and so narcissistic that he doesn't even view having a heart attack as like some big major deal because he honestly doesn't you know and this is a man also who shot another man never apologized for it and that man apologized to him on national TV it's like oh my god the
1: privilege of power
0: it's unbelievable that's unbelievable how you can be That narcissistic, that cold, that, I mean, it shouldn't be unbelievable, but it's still just disgusting. And this was also a man who he didn't necessarily do well in school, but he found this other avenue with a push from another horrible human being, his wife, who is absolutely atrocious. She is disgusting. She is so gross. She is just vile.
1: Yeah, the only reason that her own evil isn't talked about as much is because, and this is where she's right, she pointed out, I'm a woman I can't do all of these things that I want you to do but were she a man, we would be talking definitely about her because they are piece in a pod in the sense that they both wanted the same things, they both wanted power she had the drive he didn't until she threatened to leave him
0: Yeah. mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. And she, she's just, oh my gosh, I hate her so, so much because, and she, she, the way she has such little regard for her daughter and her, because if you don't know, one of of Dick Cheney's daughters is gay. And um, that was something that when his other daughter was running for office was going to become a problem because they said, oh, she supports same-sex marriage. And, and then she came out and said she didn't basically threw Mary Cheney under the bus there. And um, both Dick and his wife Lynn were fine with it. But Lynn from the very get-go, get-go was like ready to just trash Mary from the very beginning, from the moment she came out to them was ready to just trash her and didn't care about that. And and her only thought was this is going to screw our f- lives over uh, up and it's just gross and disgusting. And they're both narcissists and they both, that's why they're kind of in a weird way, perfect for each other because they're both kind of narcissistic pieces of shit. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this person either. Um, I'm not a fan of this administration. The thing, you know, I have very, very a lot of issues with this film. One thing I do, I do think is interesting, and I think sometimes is is one of the reasons that I think it's good to talk about these people. and And I understand the total thing of like the romanticization. Although, I, I mean, I don't think Dick Cheney is romanticized at all in this movie, but I do understand what, with the romanticizing of it, and people might think of him that way when they watch it, or they so there might be some viewers that think that way. The one thing is that I think with talking about how bad this administration was and the horrible, awful things that they did, the atrocious things they did, is when Trump came into power, a lot of people started saying that they wanted this administration back and wanted Reagan back and all of that and said they that those people would never do anything horrific like Trump has. When these people did horrific, horrible things. Reagan did horrific, horrible things. And so that was, that's my only thing is I just, I, I, I wish we could just talk about this. I, th- I wish, sorry, I think it's important to still keep continuing to say this was a bad administration too and not romanticize it. Um, I think where this movie fails the most on that level, and we'll get to it here shortly, is with George Bush. I think that is one of the biggest failings of this movie, and it's one of the things that – and another part too, but that when I first saw this movie in the theater drove me nuts was I was just like – I don't know. We'll get to that in a second here. Sorry. So now the style and direction of this film is very much like the big short in some respects where the big short would break the fourth wall. You have a little bit of that in here. You also have gimmicky things like you have like in the middle of this movie at one point, they have a fake ending, a fake ending that, you know, Dick Cheney never became president and him and his wife raised golden retrievers or something like that. And they even have the credits roll over You also have a narrator in this as well, and that narrates this whole thing. And then you find out later, mean spoilers, but you find out later that this person is the person whose heart was later uh, used, was transplanted to Dick Cheney. So (laughs) what do you think about the style, direction of the film, and all of that slick gimmicky stuff? Do you
1: think it helps or detracts from the story? All right. So... My thoughts on that is that it does detract from the overall message. It, it just makes it into like this cutesy Adam McKay project. As opposed to painting a picture of this person. The reason that it worked, I think, in the big short is that it was more throughout the whole film. And the whole film had a different tone. In this, there's a lot of dissonance between the tone of the film and the little gimmicky things. So I think that if they, for one thing, if, if they had gone fully with a big, short tone, the movie would have been a complete disaster because you can't treat the two subjects the same. Mm-hmm. But the way that, that he tried to split the difference wasn't helpful either. And I think that he tried to front load it with like let's get let's get my fun stuff out of the way in like the first portion then we'll do the fake credits and then we'll get serious because it did get more serious after that but it it's it was still very distracting and it's like what is this movie trying to accomplish so I think that that was the the main issue with that is that you get kind of lost for a bit in trying to figure out what is your point you know like are are you doing this as a serious? exposition on this horrible person are you going to try to justify him in some way by making it this kind of fun thing like what are you trying to get to the the place where it did work was with the narrator having the narrator be the person who ends up being the heart donor i thought was very clever but you didn't need to see the narrator so much. You didn't need to see him in little vignettes as part of uh, what's going on in America at this time in Dick Cheney's life. That was that was not necessary. Um, it would have it would have sufficed to have him be a guy who's getting ready to go out on his bike. That would have been plenty. He didn't need to be at 9-11. He didn't need to be. In Afghanistan, you know, he didn't need to be a dad in the 60s. None of that was necessary, and it just really took away from the impact later on. So it, it did kind of pull a little bit from what could have been a really great way to to attack a very tricky subject. And th- that's the thing, like that this movie kind of ends up failing in a lot of ways because it's Adam McKay, you know, and, and as much as he is a good storyteller overall, those anchorman sensibilities are still there and he's still trying to get those out. And he, you're not the the right person for this particular task if that's still such a big focus for you that you're making it a bit of a game. And you know, like the as a form of appreciation for Amy Adams and um Christian Bale, that Shakespeare little section was beautifully performed, but it was so out of place and it's so disrespectful to the audience. You know, like it's great to see them doing something like that as actors, you know, showing that wow, they whoa. Thank you for showing off your range. This is not the place to do it. Yeah, And the reason that I say it's disrespectful to the viewers is because you're kind of telling us, you know, we can't trust you to pay attention to this very important story without doing something silly and hilarious. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that the people who showed up to go watch Vice, you know, went because they needed to be entertained. People who show up to watch a movie about Dick Cheney are not the people that you need to worry about their intelligence or their ability to follow events. You know, th- that's just that's a, that's just a very silly um, mechanism. It, it's like very. Patting yourself on the back, Adam McKay. You know, like I, I'm glad that you thought it was funny, but this is not the time. I, I thought I thought it, it was good to include like all of the heart attacks and all of the events and showing just how cold he is in general and you know, um, and all of that. But I kept thinking, you know, like, God, I hope that his heart just stopped and never restarted. And the last three 30 years have been just a nightmare that I've made up in my head. Yeah. And of course that doesn't happen. But Not to say that it's Adam McKay's fault for that false ending, but it does kind of, like, kind of ruin the immersion into the experience for you because he did that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I I don't know how else to put it. It, It's, it was unnecessary.
0: Yeah, no. And and I, I think if Adam McKay had been making a movie that was a satire and that wasn't about a real administration, wasn't about a real person, and he was trying to make a satire about people in politics and stuff like that, this would have worked a lot better, because what happens when you put in that stupid Shakespeare soliloquy that's so cringeworthy, and it's not because of the performance, it's just, it's cringeworthy, it doesn't belong there. You are cheapening the fact that you are talking about these vile human beings. You are not talking about a joke on Saturday Night Live. You are talking about vile human beings that did vile things, and so when you put those things in there, it almost makes them a joke. Even though you'll have other scenes that counter co- contradict, contradict that, excuse me, you're still doing that. You're still doing this SNL shtick, and the problem is, is that like, and I know I mentioned it when we did our Big Short episode. When you have a gimmick as a director, I think some directors, when they land on a gimmick that works, like worked so well in the big short of having the fourth wall breaking, having those little vignettes of like real life stuff and, and then having celebrities explaining the financial market. When you have those little things and you get praised for it, I think somewhere in some creators' brains, they're like, well, I have to put that in every project I do then. So then he's thinking he has to put that in this. And this would have been so much better if he had alleviated those things. And I am not a fan of the narrator at all. That's one of my least favorite parts of this movie. And the reason it is, is because it feels so false and so fake to me. And I think I probably would have enjoyed it more if they had done what you were saying, Carla, where you don't see the person. And then you just and then maybe you just see him when he gets hit by the car, which I still jump every time I've seen that. I've seen it the movie twice only, but I still go, Oh my god. (laughs) When he gets because he's just talking and then gets hit by that car. It's very like, oh, whoa. And so it would have had more impact. And even if he wouldn't have been talking, if he would have just all of a sudden the narration stops you. For some reason you see someone, they get hit by a car, and then you hear the narration and is like, that was me. And, you know, except for I all of a sudden I just pictured in my head that he would have said, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Something
1: like that. As soon as you started going down in, in that direction, I was like, I know where this is going.
0: <laughs> Cause all of a sudden that's what I pictured. But yeah. Um, like if they, like if he would have opened the movie that way, I bet you're
1: wondering. How- <laughs> right. Like record scratch. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, when you put those gimmicky things in there, it detracts so much. And, When you're telling a story like this and you're talking about vile, despicable people, it's very important that you never forget you're talking about vile, despicable people. And when you put in so many gimmicks like that, it's easy for some audience members to forget what you're talking about or people just stop caring. And, you know, I think this subject matter, like, I do not think this is going to be either, but this subject matter I think there are other filmmakers that actually can handle this a little bit better than Adam McKay, quite honestly, because, like, I wasn't a fan of the movie W by Oliver Stone, because I do not like Oliver Stone, and I have issues galore with that movie, but that was handled a little bit differently because Oliver Stone, even though I don't like him, he does know how to make a political movie. He does know how to work in that, that realm and to not cheapen it, and this is cheapening it because once again, if this was a fictional character, that would be totally different. I mean, you—I mean, everyone would go, oh, this is probably supposed to be this person or this person. But it would be different because he's not outright actually this person. So it does. it, And it also cheapens the performances, frankly, because the performances are great, but it cheapens them. It's like you've got these great... I know, Fergie. Fergie agrees. Fergie's like... Fergie's like, I love Megan from the movie Megan. That's Fergie's idol is Megan. <laughs> or you, Meg. I don't know. I don't know if Meg's watching. Um, <laughs> but um, but it does, it just cheapens everything all around. It and it's really kind of annoying. And while I think he does it still to an extent in don't look up, I think the reason it starts to work better in don't look up even though i i totally understand why people don't like that movie and it doesn't mean you're not in favor of saving the environment that was the stupidest thing that happened around that time just cuz you criticize a movie about the environment doesn't mean you're not for saving the environment give me a fucking break anyway but i think that gimmick works much better in that one because it's kind of in the big short realm where it's like you're not talking you're talking about a vile horrible topic but you're not actually talking about like this thing this the politics and what happened to this country you are talking about a comet that is representing the environment that's coming to hit the earth and destroy us all so that's that's a little bit different um or asteroid now i can't remember what it was but whatever (laughs) that movie is so super depressing anyway (laughs) i don't know if carla's seen it but that movie depressed the hell out of me
1: (laughs) no i don't really want to watch it i'm already concerned enough about the environment I don't need to add that extra layer of anxiety. I know. I
0: watched it on Christmas Eve last year. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so depressed. I was uber depressed on Christmas because of that movie. So thank you, Adam McKay.
1: <laughs> He's the villain. Let's make a movie about Adam McKay. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's a good movie. But, but, but I think the gimmick works better in that because of the subject matter. And there's never this thing of like, oh, maybe we should be for this. Comet that's about to hit the earth. There's never that kind of, you know, ambiguity. I cannot speak tonight, but anyway, there's never that in there. Even though I know for a fact that Adam McKay is not a fan of these people, he's not a fan of them, but he's running the risk of making them so laughable that we don't, that we forget what horrible, atrocious things they did because it's important we never forget that. And, you know, it runs that risk of what we have already done. Since Trump and thinking that this is like the whole you know memes of the friendship between Michelle Obama and George Bush, it's that that whole thing. It's like, oh, this this Cofield man that's they there doing these patents, well, he's just such a great or, you know, the way we glorify Ronald Reagan when Ronald Reagan is responsible for uh, he just is <laughs> responsible for lots of deaths <laughs> and lots of horrible atrocities. so anyway so what are your thoughts on the other performances in
1: this you know if there's one thing with adam mckay is that his movies are loaded with great acting there's just i mean even tyler perry is in it and he does a good job (laughs) (laughs) he was he was a good as, as colin powell i was like damn it but i hate tyler perry
0: i know that's what i was thinking the whole time i'm
1: like i can't stand this man but he was so good in this like yeah. oh I'm gonna make me praise this person that i can't stand but you know steve carell is dependably good steve carell and this man has done like ex- extreme comedy and extremely serious things and you've talked before about this. We've discussed this before. Comedic actors are some of the best actors, period, because they, they have so much more of a range. It's so much harder to be funny than it is to be dramatic. And here he goes again, showing that. He he really brings a lot of... It, the role doesn't require a lot of nuance, because none of these characters do. They're not supposed to be... There's no ambiguity... And where Anima McKay stands with any of these characters. They're supposed to be evil people. And Donald Rumsfeld is played as an evil person. An evil, selfish person who will do anything he can to acquire and keep power. But the thing with Steve Carell is that part of the reason that he is a good actor to have is that he's great to have when you want somebody to still be watchable. And somebody that you still not root for if you don't want to root for him but that you can that um is still accessible as a person because there is a line if if they had gone full uh villain with any of these performances with any of these people it again it would have erased some of the point of the movie and it You know, making somebody comically villainous doesn't help your message that these are bad people. It just makes you seem like you're petty and don't know how to tell a story. And Steve Carell, like Christian Bale, knows how to play somebody who is horrible in a way where you can tell clearly that he thinks he's doing something good. If not for the world, at least for himself. And himself is his world, therefore everything he does is right. So I, I was really, he, Steve Curl constantly impresses me. And, um, I loved I, Amy Adams, you know, like every time I see her, it's like, I'm like, is there anything she can't do? I just, I, I adore her. She's a fantastic actress. I hated Lynn Cheney so much more than I, than I did before. Same. <laughs> you know, like I, I hated all of these people in the first place, but like laying bare their truths, even with the bias that there is. It it just really, like, how, no, these people are are awful. Great performance. Sam Rockwell, I I was like, hmm, I don't know. Because this is where I'm not sure if it was the performance or the direction that it was so, you know, like, when when I was saying before about, like, being a comic book performance, like, this is a full-on comic book performance. There's no nuance of any sort here even in a film that doesn't require much nuance. And I'm really hoping that it was the direction and not just Sam Rockwell, because I like to think that Sam Rockwell is a better actor than that.
0: He is a better actor than that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I was like,
1: like, I don't think that he's usually this over the head, you know, like dead on. Yeah. But I, I was like, I, I guess what we'll talk about it more later. Right. Cause like, I I was like,
0: oh, this. Yeah. It's, it's next to the gimmicky stuff. It's my biggest critique of this movie. Um, and that's why I was so, I was like, when the Academy Award nominations came out during this year, um, Christian Bale was nominated. And of all of the supporting performances in this movie, Sam Rockwell was nominated. Sam Rockwell over what Steve Carell was doing. Which I know, just- <laughs> which I was
1: like, are you kidding me? Even like, did Tyler you not Perry, watch the movie? No. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but seriously, like, if you're looking at the supporting performances, C. Carl was, you know, far and away the better performer than Sam Rockwell. I don't know if Amy Adams was nominated. Let me go look, because now I can't remember,
0: because she's so fa- fan-flippantastic. She she, yes. you know, she lived in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado. I always like to point out that oh, she's a did she? person. <laughs> 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 I was like, just point that out, because what I love about her, and what I love about her being in this is she, for so long, I think people thought she could only play like the good girl, and she can play a lot of right. other roles, so...
1: Yeah, she she bared some teeth in this and I I was really glad to see her you know not stretch her wings but like show us that stretch because she's always had the chops she has. But yeah, they don't always give people the chance to to show everything that they that they have. Mm-hmm. She she was nominated. Yes. Okay, good cuz she deserved to be nominated. She was she was like so good in in this movie You cannot have you, you can't have just Dick Cheney be just carry all the evil no because as bad as he is he's not the only bad person and his wife certainly contributed and egged on and added to this you know if she had <laughs> if she had left him yeah I wonder like, you know, yeah. what would ho- what would the world be like if she had left him when she threatened to, um what would the world be like if i there's so many what ifs mm-hmm. right and I, I i think that if you don't have a performance as strong as amy adams's like it, it just it, it would have missed a lot of the punch that bale's performance had
0: yeah and bale and a- amy adams christian bale and amy adams have done three movies together and they have great they work really well together you can tell um, they trust each other a lot. Um, Christian Bale, uh, when they were doing American Hustle, which I don't know why this wouldn't have been the point where he would have said, I'm never working with this person again. But anyway, he did get in David O. Russell's face when he was being very mean to Amy Adams and told him basically, you know, knock that off, cut it out, don't do that. I wish that would have been the point where he would have been like, I'm never going to work with this asshole again. But anyway, but yeah, she's she's so, so good. So good. And Steve Carell is fantastic as well because Steve Carell, you know, he's playing this smarmy, 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 sleazy, like you want to take a shower after you watch him kind of guy. And he also, though, adds some nuance, like the scene when Dick Cheney, because, you know, Dick Cheney first started out working as like basically like his aide assistant, because I don't even think Dick Cheney necessarily even had a political party necessarily i think what happened was he saw and that's the way it seems in this movie he saw donald rumsfeld speak and he loved what he was saying so much because he saw a kindred awful evil human being and so he he asked another aide uh what party is is that guy in republican oh i'm a republican so that was kind of how it kind of worked um so donald rumsfeld took him under his wing and shaped a lot of who Dick Cheney became as far as politically. I think Dick Cheney was always a horrible person. Dick Cheney wasn't like this good person that, but there were some people that did shape him, like, like Rumsfeld and like Lynn, his wife. And so, but there's the scene where now the balance of power shifts a little bit between the two of them in the Bush administration. And he has to basically tell Donald Rumsfeld he's fired. And you watch Steve Carell in that little office space in the Pentagon and hearing that and you see this little, little, little twinge of hurt and pain there that this person that was supposed to be his friend and learned everything from him actually became him. I think that was the other thing he noticed because he even says he said, I wouldn't feel bad about this if it was me. So I know you're not feeling bad about this. So stop lying. And it's a very interesting scene because he does add this layer to that. Not not that I felt an ounce of sympathy for him, but he's playing the fact that this is a human being. That's the thing that I think sometimes we tr- we forget when we're talking about evil people is we like to just say they're evil and not that they're human beings. Because if you forget that they're human beings, it's easier to say that this could never happen again. Or we could never have, you know, or we don't have any kind of bad parts in ourselves
1: as well, too.
0: But yeah, I think it's a really, really good performance. I think Allison Pill as Mary Cheney is actually is really good as well.
1: She was great. She's yeah. so
0: good because, oh man, I, you know, I, and I and I don't like this person either because <laughs> I don't I don't like her very much in real life either. Some of the things she said, but you feel for her in a way because of the way her family treats her. I mean. The way that her sister just so willingly I'm sorry. I I thought that you were talking about the actress.
1: No, I her performance, yeah. But sorry. No, no, no. Because when you said yeah, I was so confused I was like, oh no No, I have nothing against
0: anything about her in real life that's bad.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that then I'm totally behind you about Mary Cheney. Okay, absolutely. Please carry on. Okay.
0: I'm not yes, yes. So thank you, Carla, for doing that though, because I'll clarify, I'm not talking about Alison Pill. I know next to nothing about her personally. <laughs> so so sorry, Allison. I'm not talking about you at all. I'm talking about Mary Cheney. But I think she's, she's really good as well. And we don't get to see much of her, but I've always been a fan of Lisa Gay Hamilton. I used to watch The Practice, and she was really fantastic on that show. I don't know if you ever watched that show, Carla. Um, but she plays Condoleezza Rice, and I think she's really good too. She's not in this very much,
1: but she's... Uh, <laughs> You know, I I saw that and I'm like, of course, the black woman gets like five lines, even though it's Condoleezza Rice, who had no small role. I know. If if you're going to highlight Colin Powell, then highlight Condoleezza Rice.
0: I know. I know. It's pretty weird that they didn't. But I mean, it's not surprising, but it's pretty weird that they didn't. But I always get excited when I see her because I loved her so much in the show The Practice, so which was a lawyer show. I have a thing about lawyer shows. I used to want to be an attorney. Because only because I wanted to have big dramatic moments in the courtroom. <laughs>
1: That's the only reason. Oh my God, Aaron,
0: that kind of tracks. I know. And when, because and my mom, my mom was a paralegal for years and worked um, for um, immigration attorneys that help people immigrate and stuff. And, and so once, and so I would do work there too, like I'd do filing and stuff. And all the attorneys would be like, Aaron, This is not the way it is when you're an attorney. Most of the stuff we do, we're not in a court. Perhaps we
1: watch too much L.A. Law.
0: I I loved L.A. Law, man. I was like, that's the way it is, right? And they're like, no, Erin, that's not the way it is. It's documentary, of (laughs) course. They're like, you see us here in the office most of the time, we're not. But in a courtroom very often and if we are it's very bland and dry and not like not like we're like dang it that's just you <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> totally off track. your honor i object <laughs> i was like that's the way that's gonna be amazing it spoke to the actress in me that's honestly why i wanted to do it and actually i've known um attorneys in the past who loved acting too so you know hey
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Maybe they ended up going into the wrong career. Damn it, this is not what they told me it was like <laughs> in L.A. law. I know. <laughs> but now I have all of the student debt, so I guess I might as well be a lawyer. I
0: might as well be a
1: lawyer. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: And this will segue into our next segment. Sam Rockwell is awful in this movie. I think this is a horrible performance and I am a humongous Sam Rockwell fan. I wish he would stop with the whole gimmick that started with three billboards where now he just plays racists all the time. And before that, he was, (laughs) he was playing a lot of smaller movies and not a lot of people knew who he was, but I, you know, I've been a huge fan of his for a long, long, long time. And so watching him in this role, I really hope that like Carla said, this was the direction because This was like watching a Saturday Night Live skit. It was not like watching a serious performance at all. This was a caricature. This was not watching George Bush. And yeah, George Bush says some, you know, he's kind of had that like goofy Texas crap that's covering up for the fact that he's an awful, vile, horrible human being. But he's still a human being and he isn't like always like that. So it's like, it's so weird. It's just like he studied all the SNL stuff and went, Um, I'm just go that route, or, I mean, I think James Brolin actually did a pretty good job playing George Bush in the W movie, but, but I think a lot of times with George Bush, that happens with actors, they play him so much as a caricature, and it's so flippin' annoying. So, going into that, do you think the film let any of the central players, especially George Bush, off the hook for their role in the history changing events that occurred during the
1: Bush administration? I I think that they let Rumsfeld off the hook a little bit. Yeah. Because they definitely showed his greed, his uh how power hungry he was, but they also kind of just made him a cog in Cheney's machine. You know, like Cheney brought him back and uh he then played Rumsfeld and you know certainly Chaney played whoever he could, but Rumsfeld had his own awfulness and his own role that had nothing to do with who Chaney was. So in a way I, I felt like it, it kind of made him more into a pawn than a player, Yeah, which I, I i was really weirded out by that. But again, that that's the story and that's direction and not the performance itself. Whereas with Sam Rockwell and George W. Bush, it was completely a mess. Like it really detracted from the whole movie. You know, like the gimmicks were bad enough, but this performance was just mind bogglingly bad. Like, what was the point of turning W into basically Will Ferrell and SNL? like, what was the point? You know, like, did you do that on purpose? Like, who decided that that was the direction in which that was going to go? Because they absolutely fed into this whole idea that, oh, you know, don't, you know, why are we so upset about George W. Bush And all of these, like, white liberals after 2016, who were who are like, oh, kind of makes you miss, miss the Bush administration. It's like, kind of makes me see how white you are. Like, it really shows your privilege that you think that these were good times for for people in Iraq. You know, like, for, for whom was this a good administration? Because like, there are hundreds of thousands of families deprived of their loved ones who will tell you it was not when Bush was in office any Bush, but especially George W. So to reduce who this awful man was into just this goofy, slapsticky you know, yeehaw, it, it really... Like, I understand that Cheney saw George W. Bush as a convenient puppet. Mm-hmm. Somebody who, who is not particularly interested in being a president who doesn't who's doing this more for a notch on his belt and for um to be like see daddy I did it my brother Jeff couldn't do it it was a a complete you know vanity effort on 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 his part and Cheney saw it as an opportunity to rule the way that he wanted to rule but from from the shadows but that doesn't mean that George W. Bush did not play his own part in this and that he is completely devoid of an ability to think i don't like what were they thinking with this it was just it really undermines a lot of important things in this movie in favor of showing the extent of Cheney's power and it's like you don't need to do that the guy was power hungry and powerful enough Without this extra ridiculous help. Like,
0: yeah, it's very insulting too. It's insulting to all the people who died because of this man, because of his actions to countries that were invaded by us because of that, and treating him like he knew nothing of what was going on and he's just the dumb little puppet. I mean, and it wasn't just this. Look at Katrina. That, I mean, that is another thing where he just had no, no compassion. Didn't do what he should have done. And you just have that picture of him in his plane, looking at all the. It's horrible and horrendous. This is a horrible human being who did horrible stuff. Is responsible for lots of deaths. Is racist. Is power hungry as well, and has so many. And took his daddy issues out on the country and on other countries. So, this is not a good person. And when you play him like this in a movie, and this isn't a sat, and it isn't like this isn't a real character, and you're doing a satirical thing, it so undermines every th- horrible thing that he does. And it excuses it. It's a way to excuse it and let him off the hook. It's a way to be like, oh, well, th- he wasn't as bad as the rest of them. So, it's okay. We can just let him off the hook. And you can't let him off the hook. And all the people who are just like, you know, who post like these cute pictures of him with Michelle Obama and go, Oh, I just love this friendship. Look at look at them giving each other candy or whatever that one video was. And it's like, yeah, did you forget what this man is responsible for? Same thing with Reagan, you know, and the reason I keep bringing up Reagan is Reagan is so like, He he's like this hero to so many people. And he was a horrible, horrible human being who did horrible things. And what he did during the AIDS crisis alone is one of the worst things the president has ever done. And so when you do that and you forget, you know, you're like, well, at least it's not as bad as this person. But they are. They are just as bad. It's not. It's just. Dressed in different clothing, it's different dialogue, but it's the same person. It's not like yeah.
1: There's no need to rank them. They're all awful people who have whose impact has included the the deaths and incarcerations and decimation of families. Yes. For millions of people, like you, don't need to rank them. They're just awful people all around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is you know that's why I have such an issue with this because. This isn't a parody. As much as you want to say it is Adam McKay, this isn't a parody movie that you're doing. You are talking about horrific real events and horrific people that are responsible for it, including George Bush. And yes, Donald Rumsfeld is lit off too, as well. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, But Bush is never once, once painted as a villain in this. He's just painted as the poor, naive puppet. That's all he's painted as, is this naive person that really just wants to run a baseball team. He's not painted as, you know, and sit there and eat ribs or whatever the hell, or chicken or whatever he was eating during that meeting with them. So that's all he's painted as.
1: And also like the, the, the whole fishing imagery where, because it mostly appears during the bush scenes that's where, true. you know, it's like, oh, Cheney is so cleverly baiting the hook. And oh, he got a big one. Okay. So you're saying that Bush was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, that he was just, that he's not responsible, that, you know, like the, the lack of attention to the way that, that he is allowing Bush to be immortalized in this movie is so irresponsible by Adam McKay. Yeah. and Sam Rockwell.
0: Yeah, it's it's gross and I think they I don't I don't know if they really realize what they were doing. I I'm, I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm just saying I, I don't know if they really are really comprehend that. I hope they would somehow wake up and see what they really did because it is horrible because I I you know, I don't know if Bush ever really wanted to be president or if it was just his way of being like cuz I do think he has daddy issues, galore. But he still did this. It's it's not like he didn't do it. He still did it. He still – I mean, if he really didn't want it that bad and if he really was, like, didn't want to have that power or control, he would have never run again. You know, it's that thing. He would have resigned. He would have – whatever. But he's too much of a piece of shit to do that. So it's it's just gross to me. And, you know, frankly – we wouldn't have the other horrible people that come after this into the limelight without these people. So it's not like they, they are to blame also for the people that follow them, in my opinion, frankly. I think we wouldn't have had, you know, Sarah Palin. We wouldn't have had the Tea Party. We wouldn't have had Trump. We wouldn't have had all of these other awful people and all the people now, DeSantis, and all these horrible people and these horrible things that are happening right now with, with, trans anti-trans rhetoric and um and laws and all this stuff that's trying to be passed we would not have that without this this without reagan without this this is the groundwork and this is that first layer it's like they're building this house of awful horrible things and they are part of that so we can't say they're not part of that yeah maybe they wouldn't have done everything the other people did but they still did horrible awful things And they probably would have done the same things if they were presented in that. That's the thing, because it's all about power. Absolutely. They don't care about the people. It's about power. And when you care about power and don't care about the people, like if Dick Cheney could have found a way to do all this stuff as a Democrat, which he probably could have been. I mean, come on. I mean, yes, I'm more liberal and I vote Democrat because, you know, you can't, I mean, third party, it's not sadly going to happen anytime soon. But that doesn't mean the Democrats are like squeaky clean and don't do awful things,
1: right? Too. I mean, power is power, and power corrupts. <laughs> exactly. It's it's it really is that simple. Yes,
0: yes. So you know we can't let these people off the hook in any anyway. Um, okay, well, <laughs> this is <laughs> no. I think this has been a good conversation, though. I do apologize again. To Carla <laughs> for this movie. And I apologize to myself for buying this movie. It just wasn't that much more to buy it. I will probably never watch it again. But it wasn't much more to buy it than to rent it. So I'm like, okay, I'll just buy it, whatever. Because then that way, it will give more time for other people to watch it. <laughs> there you go. But um, I know we've talked about this already. But is there anything else you want to add about why it is important to – maybe not put it into movies like this but to never forget stuff that administrations like this do and other horrible people do
1: i think it's important to continue talking about it because the more you talk about it the 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 more it doesn't go away the memory of it doesn't go away especially in a climate now where there is such a push to erase history uh one of the things that that DeSantis is doing right now is eliminating AP curriculum of African American studies which basically is telling the state of Florida hey we don't care about black people which we knew DeSantis doesn't care about black people but it also is telling you we're going to erase your history your contributions and the ways in which we have failed you as a nation because we don't want people coming up in education and you know younger people to know the full extent of the truth of the ways in which or, or the reasons why you deserve more. You know, it's like you can't ask for reparations if you don't know why you need them. You can't demand equality if you don't know that you're not equal. So, all of the uh, all of the the things that are going on right now. That, like you said, are an extension of all of the policies that have been put in place by every president from the beginning yeah. of the United States. All of these—that's the only real trickle down. The only real trickle because trickle down economics does not exist. The only trickle down that there is is white supremacy. So, all of these policies that have been enacted and perpetuated and continued. Silently or, or overtly, if we don't continue to talk about them, they fade into the other. And to not have a record of them somewhere means that we continue to live in the dark. And that's why the, um, the implosion of, of Twitter is purposeful. It is there to, to silence people who are trying to enact change because Twitter is one of the, the the biggest organizing places that has existed in the last 15 years. And it's one of the places where people go to, to learn about history, their own history, the history of other people. This is where a lot of, a lot of people that I know, a lot of my white friends have, have learned about things like, like Tulsa and, uh, uh, I can't even like think of all of the things that that have come to light through Twitter, mm-hmm. so by not talking about them, not bringing them up contributes to the erasure of the history of people and how that history the the effects of that history continue through today as um in oppression in the the structure of the patriarchy and of white supremacy. So yeah, it, it's, it's a very big deal when we see things like this silenced and it's why it's important to not allow that silence to, to take root.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's also why it's important to not always sh- to not show pictures of um racist, racism, uh, every horrible atrocities, just in, in black and white, because when you show them in black and white, people go, well, that was so long ago. So of course that doesn't happen. So if you show it in color, it, honest it, it honestly does it shows it as something that is very like and I that was more towards people listening not at <laughs> all towards Carla but it, it does it makes it more real and more like present because when you do black and white people automatically think of olden times when they see black and white so they don't think as pre- present day or that that could still happen so that's why it's important to do color photos so
1: like when did when was the first time that you saw a color picture of Martin Luther King? Because for me, it was in the last seven years. same. And and that's, it's on purpose. Anytime that that you see, that you see pictures of JFK in full bright color, but you see pictures of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King in black and white, it's for a reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very, very true. Yeah, I think probably when I went to Atlanta was also one of the first times I saw a bunch of those pictures in, in, in color by going to the to the museum there. But yeah, I think that's why it's so important. I did, you know, I saw um, and I can't remember which TikToker it was saying, you know, for Martin Luther King for MLK Day that you should be sh- sharing only pictures in color because it is important to realize that that was not that long ago and also it makes you realize this stuff is still hap- this stuff is still happening. It's not like this is ended. It's not like we couldn't be right back in even worse times, even though this is a really horrible time for a lot of people and a very scary time. It's very scary. We are on the edge of some really even more atrocious things happening. And um, it's been building since forever. Like Carla said, every president and every administration and every congressperson and every senator and... Um, it's, you know, it starts even at like the city hall meetings, like the stuff that they have in Parks and Rec, that kind of stuff. It even happens there. And to deny education of the truth, to deny that is just a way (laughs) to try and enact more horrendous things and hope that you can get away with it. Because if you don't educate people on this stuff or you don't make that available, then you're basically saying it didn't happen. And if you say it didn't happen, then you can get away with doing it again easier. That's the thought process. So the more you can take that away, the easier it is to infiltrate and to enact um, and to put in laws and stuff that will make it worse for people, for, for, um, for any marginalized community. For any, That's what the goal is. And that's why if you take away education, take away those learning materials. If you make everything in black and white and you say that was the olden days, then it makes it a lot easier to get away with atrocities because people will claim ignorance and say, well, that's never happened before or we don't know about that. What are you talking about? Racism is extinct. I mean, you know, people say that because Obama was president that racism is gone. The whole
1: post-racial thing? Yes. Please. Oh, my God. When, when, like, overt racism and xenophobia, anti-Semitism has only gotten worse. Like, okay, sure.
0: Yeah, and there's a really um, – Laverne Cox, who you don't know who Laverne Cox is. She's an amazing trans actor. She's just – she's an incredible actor. She became well-known once she was on Orange is the New Black. And she was on Meet the Press, I believe. I just – I saw clips on TikTok where she's talking about all the anti-trans legislation uh, that's coming about, especially she was talking about a lot of Florida and, and other places. And she was also talking about all the anti-Semitism. And she gives a very, very, very good history lesson in there about Hitler and how Hitler went after a lot of LGBTQ people and, and went after the trans community. And people don't talk about that. Uh, the pink triangles and all of that. So go watch that. If you just want to watch one thing of that, maybe I'll, I'll put, I'll put it in the show notes and just watch what she's talking about because what she's saying is this is where it starts. And if you let this go, it's going to build up. And that's why they're, they are starting here because as she said, she said, people can say, Oh, the trans community is so small that it won't, doesn't, doesn't matter. And that's how they do it. So, so just go, go watch that because I think that's a very good little, Thing that she's talking about with history, and we don't talk about that. People don't know that. I mean, I don't think very many people know that part of that of the of the history of of Hitler and what Hitler's regime did. I don't think a lot of people know, you know, that part of it too. So, and I think a lot of people, for some reason, feel like they, they, that trans people have just now exist,
1: and when it's <laughs> such bullshit, it's one of the most ridiculous thing it, things. It's like the. the- the parents who are like you know i don't think that that there are that many non-binary kids i don't think that there are that many trans kids or gay kids it's just that they they see it on on the on the tiktoks they see it on the instagram and so they want to copy that because it's trendy it's like um no martha what's going on is that they are seeing themselves more readily throughout the world and are saying, wow, I'm not weird. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just one of many people who are not straight or not just man, woman. It's, it's no, you know, just like with a lot of things that, um, where you see a rise in, in anything that is being talked about more openly, it's not that there are suddenly more of this. There's not suddenly more of this happening. It's just that people are recognizing whatever it is that that they're seeing now more because it just happens to be more accessible. There's more information about it yeah. for you to identify with whatever it is that that is being more publicized. They're not suddenly more gay kids, Karen. It, it, they're just seeing themselves openly being loved and appreciated and allowed to exist. Like the problem is you.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah. Wouldn't you rather people feel like, oh, wow, I I feel more love and acceptance. I feel like maybe this will be safer for me now to be myself, to be authentically who I am. And wouldn't you rather embrace that instead of saying like, oh, that just means you're following a trend and also following a trend. <laughs> who would want to be a trend a quote unquote trend but do that in where they're gonna get ridiculed crapped on where they could be risking their flipping lives i mean come yes. on
1: it's not like the- that is like that's <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing like oh it's just trendy to want to be kicked out by your parents for being who you are like yeah. you really think that's what's going on here to have
0: my life threatened to worry that I might be murdered, to worry that I might be sexually assaulted. All of this stuff, you really, you really, really, really think that. I mean, it's so, it's the the thinking there. There's no logic there. There's just hatred there. It's because you hate this and you feel like you can excuse it away by hiding behind your religion, by hiding behind something and cloaking it, saying, you know, I love the sinner, not the sin, and that whole bullshit which is just bullshit it's just a bullshit excuse for you to be a bigot to be racist to be transphobic to be Islamophobic, to be xenophobic to be everything like that you could you you just use that as an excuse to be a hateful horrible human being and it's because it's maybe it makes i don't know you can sleep better at night whatever but it's still makes you an awful person and it doesn't change the fact that you are an awful person and it doesn't change the fact that all these people that did these horrible things are awful people just because someone does a different different level or a, not even level but a different sort of like lane of awfulness uh doesn't mean that the this other awfulness that was done wasn't awful it's just an extension of that it's just a continuation of it it's just a repeating a replica of it
1: this episode is brought to you by snapple
0: It it's infuriating, but I do think this was a good conversation. I, I hope Carla agrees.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. I shall never watch this movie ever again. I will try to scrub it from my memory. But oh. I'm glad that we had the discussion. Well,
0: I'm 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 sorry again that I put you through this, but, <laughs> but thank you. For going on this vice journey with me, we never have to watch this movie again.
1: It's fine. I will get over it. I will eventually fully forgive you and not just say that I forgive you. (laughs) That's good.
0: Because I want you to continue to do the Christian Bales and the other podcasts. (laughs) Oh,
1: wow. Wow. (laughs) I meant
0: like I want you to be a part of it. Um, but I will do a quick uh, six degrees of Finn because this is supremely easy. Um, once again, I can't use the big short. So, Lily Rabe, I could also have used Allison Pill, too, but Lily Rabe was in um, Midsummer Night's Dream, which a version of it with Finn, I absolutely hate it, but <laughs> they were in it. They were, of course, in American Horror Story too. But, <laughs> but I wanted to not use that one, so. <laughs> I I really do not like that version of Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm sorry, Finn. I just
1: <sighs> sometimes when he's, he's going gonna... to sit there and cry. And...
0: <laughs> well, if he listened to the episode that I did with Jen, my podcast range went on my streaming bubble when we talked about Finn Wittrock. We both did not like this movie, so I know he knows about that episode. So he
1: wow! To so it. now you're telling him. Well, <laughs> in my defense, Jen didn't like it either. <laughs> say he's probably like god i'm sick of hearing about how much you
0: don't like this movie it's one of my favorite things i've ever done <laughs> he's crying right now while he's doing crossword puzzles
1: <laughs> and getting his his hair deep conditioned
0: getting his hair deep conditioned
1: his scalp massage and the deep conditioning as he sobs <laughs> as he sobs <laughs>
0: now. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> like it.
1: But my like lus- my, my, my hair was so luscious in the film. I don't understand. I have no idea. He might have been bald. I didn't watch it, obviously.
0: <laughs> it, it was nice. It was
1: nice. Okay, so there you go.
0: It was. It was. But it is. It was. It's a... um version of it where like they're in the present day but they're doing the dialogue the same from the shakespeare play and sometimes that can work and sometimes it really
1: doesn't <laughs> well if it wasn't directed by bas- by Baz lerman then obviously it wasn't going to work well i actually don't I, i'm not a bas lerman fan except for strictly ballroom no okay I'm just thinking of the Romeo and no, Juliet version that, that he did that was wildly popular for whatever reason. Well, you want to know
0: a funny story is um, when that came out in the movie theaters, in the movie theaters, I don't know why to say movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the
1: day, we used to go to these rooms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I lived in Boulder at the time with, and my roommate worked at a movie theater and I worked at Blockbuster. I've said this a hundred times before, which was great for entertainment. And my friend said, there were so many people that would walk out of that movie in the middle of it and go, why isn't this subtitled? I don't understand what they're saying.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) You mean they didn't attend high school in the United States? I know. I'm like, what? (laughs) Because I feel like everybody was forced to read Romeo and Juliet at some point.
0: Yes, it, it's very yes. It was all these. It was well. They might not have been in high school yet. I think it was a lot of like, because you know Leonardo DiCaprio was a heartthrob back
1: then because this was oh was just, that's like, right. So they wanted a Titanic and they got a Shakespeare. Yes. Oh, those poor souls. <laughs>
0: yes, uh, and listeners don't already know. I I I hate Romeo and Juliet.
1: So yeah. You
0: know. Oh, you know, Eddie hey, Christian. <laughs> you got your serious
1: face on, hi I do, I do, because You brought up Shakespeare (laughs) Uh Uh-huh And I just want to say Mm -hmm. That That very movie Romeo and Juliet Was what inspired me During the Shakespearean uh, Style Portion of Vice (laughs) I cribbed everything From John Leguizamo (laughs) In Romeo and Juliet, you did. He inspired my performance. Satan inspired my performance of Dick Cheney, but John Leguizamo inspired my Shakespearean performance.
0: Wow. Well.
1: <laughs> now, now, add in. Yes. I only bring that up because I really want to.
0: Because I really want to. You've done other Shakespeare stuff, though.
1: But that is my proudest moment. That's your proudest
0: moment, <laughs> oh, well, Christian.
1: And I would thank you to take it seriously, as I did, Christian.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank
1: you for your time, Erin.
0: <laughs> okay, bye. <Ta-da>. Ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> my God,
1: I mean, it's Shakespeare's
0: performance in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> not, not discounting that performance, just. <laughs> christian bale going what's my inspiration for this scene oh i know
1: john leguizamo
0: <laughs> and this particular vas lerman's romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Thank hey you, you know
1: like e- e- inspiration comes to you from the least expected places
0: yeah. well and you know we all love this uh, wonderful thing that carla has brought into our lives her amazing spot on christian bale impression spot spot on, on. Like, if you ever need, like, if Christian Bale's out someday on a movie, because that's very Christian Bale, I'm sure, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so sure he would just randomly not show up one day. Like, oh, I've decided to take a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so much like Christian Bale.
0: Um, yes. The sabbatical does if he didn't have anything already planned. Because I don't think he, there's a TikTok where he's talking about he doesn't really want to work all that much. <laughs> so, I'm sure, you know, he'd be fine with the sabbatical. But he he's, that. That work ethic thing. But if you ever need someone to replace Christian Bale, look no further than Carla. I mean.
1: I can easily fill in. You don't even need a body double. <laughs> look at me. It's, it's true. Do I not have the face and body of a, of a white 48-year-old man?
0: <laughs> and the voice. She gets the voice everything. perfectly. The mannerisms. The,
1: everything. There is nothing about me that does not scream Christian Bale. (laughs) I'm constantly stopped on the streets. (gasps) Christian Bale, Bale, is that you? (laughs) Can you do American Psycho? And I'm like, no, no, you're mistaken. I am but a suburban mom. I am but a suburban
0: mom. (laughs) Now I really, really want to see a movie with you and Christian Bale in it.
1: That would be a, that. A that could be his comedy. Yes. That would be his comedy. Yes, we could do a rom com.
0: Oh come on, Adam McKay.
1: <laughs> no, I want it to be good. Ooh,
0: burn,
1: burn. No, I just don't know if. if I mean, it's not going to be Anchorman. I just, I, I you know, it, it needs to be like a good rom com. Like, let's get somebody who actually knows what they're doing in that genre. <laughs>
0: Yes, let's get. Oh, I really want to see this now. Actually, this is the John Bon B pick.
1: <laughs> we have sorted out your next two projects, Christian.
0: Yes, look no further. I know you do. I
1: don't know if you can hear me from over there. <laughs> don't don't act like you can't.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, Christian, Charles, Philip, Bale. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this that's only for when he finishes the marshmallow and doesn't throw away the bag, <laughs> which happens more than you'd think.
0: Oh, doesn't surprise me. But <laughs> anyway, but because I, I know you have one project that is that you haven't even started filming it yet. But you're playing some priest or something. I don't know. <laughs> Why, Why not I playing
1: Christian? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not?
0: i I really want you to do a comedy though and i i I think the only reason you haven't done it is because people don't think you can do comedy i don't understand why you're hysterical but
1: anyway so he's just waiting for me exactly
0: i want to see this
1: (laughs) he's waiting for the right project for him and i to be in this movie together And I get it, Christian, but, you know, live your life. (laughs) Live
0: your life.
1: Please.
0: Oh, my gosh. This needs to happen. I'm going to write this. (laughs) (laughs) This is the next screenplay I'm going to (laughs) write.
1: Send it on to Christian. Be like, hey.
0: Hey, Christian. (laughs) Just dream roll. Here you go. Dream roll. I'm telling (laughs) you.
1: <laughs> he's he's done he's taken bigger leaps of acting faith before so
0: yes uh, hey I've won an award for my writing so you know
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's not that much of a stretch yes maybe Carla and I will write it together we can co-write cool this script there
0: you go and we will get it to Christian this will happen yes. oh my gosh oh my god can you imagine that holy moly <laughs> <laughs> Be the most amazing thing in the world that would be so cool I feel like I've reached the pinnacle and I wrote something for, for Christian Bale there's Christian Bale it's gonna sing, be perfect seeing our words on screen
1: it's gonna be perfect I can already see it Golden Globes for us and Oscars not just Golden Globes Oscars of course everything the whole
0: shebang BAFTAs <laughs> Sags. Sags. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, isn't that the. I, I, no offense to the Screen Actors Guild, but when you just say sags, I mean, so like sag. <laughs> sag.
1: They could have gone with Sage, but now yeah. they went with sag. <laughs> You're a
0: sag member. <laughs> okay, anyway, I oh <laughs> guess we can close this
1: out do your oh yeah you did your your degrees i
0: did yes i did my degrees because i insulted you know and then that's what led to (laughs) christian bale coming on so once again love you finn (laughs) hey finn maybe i'll write a little bit part for you in this as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) he he can be the, the the younger cousin who is helping christian bale get the girl
0: Oh, I love that! (laughs) This is gonna be the best rom com ever in the history of the world.
1: Hey, cuz I came to stay for the holidays.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, Carla and I have to go to start writing our screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Christian, just you wait. Man, just you wait. (laughs) This is like a threat. No, sorry, Christian. I didn't mean that as a threat, I meant that as a good threat. A threat <laughs> of a, <good> time. <laughs> a Threat of a good time. <laughs> you won't have to lose, gain any kind of weight. <laughs> you just be
1: you. you. You can just be you. You can have what well, You can have <laughs> as you are. Don't lose weight. Don't gain any for me. Just show up. Say your lines. Win a BAFTA or three. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I don't
0: know about facial hair. I mean, I know you love your facial hair. So, you know, I don't know. We'll do the hat from Pale Blue Eye. I do love that hat. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't probably fit with our rom but...
1: No. <laughs> No, the 1800s would not have been a great time for me.
0: No, I, I, I didn't mean we'd put it in that. So, I just I know, I'm, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to write from that period anyway. So. No. No, no. Maybe,
1: maybe he just has a hat fetish. <laughs> oh my god. This is turning more into a horror movie. So, Aaron, um close out.
0: <laughs> uh, we, we won't do that. Snicks the hats. <laughs> Eighty six, the hot. Yes, and we're not going to make him an architect like they love to do in rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> we will get you a real profession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's never an architect. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in real life, are you kidding me? Okay, we are going to close out. for real. Okay. <laughs> so, Carla from Head. where can they find you so they can follow you and get updates on this rom com? <laughs>
1: Well, first, they can follow my podcast, Bed, What, Behead, which Meg and I co-host, and we almost soberly discuss characters from TV shows and movies, which you can find anywhere where you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can follow our Twitter, which we mostly just retweet stuff. Yeah, like most people do these days. And that is at bed, wet, behead, pod. You can look for us on other social media. Follow us whether or not we post anything there. Not your concern. Just follow us anyway. You can follow me and my art and my musings on Instagram at Carla Or you can look for my website, carlatemis.com. That's dot com.
0: I use my head and my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. This is a different kind of rom-com. <laughs> we'll make this an R-rated <laughs> rom-com. It's <laughs> 17 <A> Hard.
1: Baby. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> unlike unlike other people, we are fine seeing your ass, Christian.
1: If <laughs> <laughs> you're okay showing it. But, hey. If you're okay with showing it, we're okay with putting it into a plot. <laughs> no pressure. <No. laughs> yes.
0: Um, this is Aaron I'm, I'll give my Twitter, but it really doesn't matter. But it's E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Remember, go watch Christian Bale's audition for John Bon Jovi, the other movie we're going to do for him. We are now directors of his career. <laughs> <laughs> did he know <laughs> he'll be so excited <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes i can't wait to hear him praise us and in some interview i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> at the
1: awards at that the he's awards, gonna yes. eventually win
0: duh. duh duh two-time academy award winner soon christian soon <laughs> um we do have a discord for christian effing Bale. um that'll be in the show notes so head on over there Also remember to vote in our 2022 Fandom Choice Awards. Carla is nominated for 28 Fandom Choice Awards, including her Christian Bale impression. So go vote. That's also in the show notes you have till February 12th. The ceremony will be live on February 19th. I'm sure Carla will be making an appearance. Other people will. We'll have lots of fun stuff planned for that. Um, also, we have great stuff coming up on our Patreon. I haven't plugged our Patreon very much, but I'm going to plug it for a couple of reasons. Number one, by the time this is dropped, our special bonus Winchester's episode will have been out. Uh, Paula and Meg joined me for that one. That was a lot of fun. And if you go and join our Patreon for as little as three bucks a month, you can not only listen to that episode, but you're going to get an uncut, unedited video version. Of that. So, as Meg pointed out, you get to see when people mute to cough or clear their throat. But there are also <laughs> other fun things you get to see. You get to see before we actually start the recording, recording, recording. So, that'll be fun. You also, if you become a Patreon supporter at the highest tier, which is $15, which you also can get merch through that, um, after a certain number of months, you can also. Uh, after a certain number of months, be able to tell us an episode you want us to do. I, I do have veto power, though, if it's something that we really, for moral reasons, won't do. But so you could even, you know, we did say you wouldn't want to hear us talk about it, but you could even say some kind of Jared Padalecki project. But believe me, you would not want to hear us talk about that so. <laughs> But you could, technically.
1: <laughs> or if you would be very excited to hear us Absolutely crush. Yes, yes, just trash a Jerry Padalecki project. That is your chance. <laughs> there you go.
0: That's a better way to put it. So if you wanted to do that. Uh, but also, uh, Tanya Cook, they have very generously, they are going to be donating three copies of the book they co wrote, Fandom Acts of Kindness. To and re, so you have until March first to become a Patreon supporter at the fifteen dollar level. That is what they decided the level should be. And on April fifteenth, so you'll still have to be a fifteen dollar supporter at that time. We will randomly draw three names to win a copy of this book. So, hey, it's worth it for just just for that chance alone. So, click the link in the show notes. We also are going to be doing an upcoming episode on Cocaine Bear! <laughs> in March! <laughs> and I know one of our, oh, the one, Ellen, who came up with the name of our um, awards show, Phantom Choice Awards. Ellen already has told me that she is super excited <laughs> about this. I am too. Uh, we're going to be talking also about Renfield uh, come in April or whenever that comes out. The one with... Um, and Nicholas Holt Nicholas Cage plays Dracula in there. Uh, it looks hysterical as well. So we're going to do that. We're going to be doing a rom-com in February. So you can vote on what that one will be. That is the patron pick one. And right now, Notting Hill is winning. So if you would rather see a bonus episode of a different one, go vote by becoming a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. So once again, that link is in the show notes. So thank you again, Carla. And thank you, Christian, for being extra weird tonight (laughs) i mean that is a compliment
1: i have no idea what you're talking about he was so normal and i'm glad to hear your inspiration for your
0: shakespeare part i'm glad that satan and john was (laughs) off um yeah so thank you again and oh And on our next episode, we are still continuing Christian Bale. We are going to be releasing on January 30th. I think we're going to have a lot more positive stuff to say about this movie. Um, Scott Cooper's The Pale Blue Eye. Uh, Christian has worked with Scott Cooper a couple of times before. And I think Scott Cooper constantly wants to work with him is the impression I get. So we'll probably see them working together again. But this is also has Edgar Allan Poe. And it well doesn't have the actual Edgar Allan
1: Poe. but no remains were dredged up for the making of this film. <laughs> they
0: just reanimated them. <laughs> I don't know if Carla watched the the TikTok interview where they were asking Christian if it was weird to him to work with all these cause there are dead bodies in there and he's the and his character is like really like <laughs> touching them. And instead he's talking about how I just get thinking, that's so realistic. This is probably a real person. They're gonna pop up in each other. <laughs> and he started tickling their feet. And this was like not oh my a real person. <laughs> is christian
1: i don't know oh christian bale
0: (laughs) so get him in a comedy already well we're gonna get him in a comedy that's right so that we're taking care of that so that will be we're gonna do the live stream on the 25th so that would have already happened if you're watching listening the podcast episode but that episode will be released on his birthday which is monday january 30th also a reminder that on sunday january 29th not positive on the time yet we will also be doing Christian Bale birthday trivia, woohoo! So come, bring all your Christian Bale knowledge and see um, if you can out outbid us. I don't know. You can watch and outplay us. See if you know the the answers to the trivia questions. Which is a good reminder for me that I need to
1: start writing <laughs> <the> trivia
0: <laughs> questions
1: for Christian Bale. <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> it will. Don't worry. <laughs> so we. If gonna- not, we can just write a couple of pages of of our script. And he can act them out for you.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he can act them out. He can audition. We he can audition for the movie that we're writing for him. <laughs> we are insisting that you audition. <laughs> I'm insisting you come to my house and audition here. <laughs> just so I can meet you.
1: <laughs> for very normal reasons, yes. yes.
0: Totally, totally. Yes. So, so until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.